Hi, how are you, Tina? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. We don't know each other. Um, no. No. There's only one condition coming onto the podcast, roughly. Have you got BPD? Yes, I was diagnosed. Great. You're in the gang, so that's the only condition. <laughs> There's very few people I'll allow onto the podcast unless they have, unless it's a good reason to have, you know, but other than that, it's kind of, if you have BPD, you're in the gang. So um, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, like specifically to BPD or just... Your podcast, whatever you want to tell me, you can tell me. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, so I guess like I relate my 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 discovering my symptoms to where I was with work and school. That's how I remember the years. Mm. Um, anyway, so I thought I had I, I actually had trichotillomania since 10 years old, which is a um, if the viewers or listeners don't know is a yeah. hair pulling disorder. Um so with BPD, um, I thought I had ADHD. Like I started uh, dropping out of university. Um, anyways, I was diagnosed, I think 2013, 2014. I didn't know what that, what it was exactly. And uh, I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't have it by like, I was not, I was in complete denial. And then I ended up cutting off all my hair uh, a couple of years later. And my psychiatrist started taking me seriously um, I went to see a different specialist for a different reason. And he also diagnosed me with BPD. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to really think about this. He read me the DSM and I felt like he described my whole life. So right. it was very interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not the best uh, diagnosis to get. Like, it's not like when you get it, you go, this is going to be great. It's a, it's a nightmare. It was, yeah. I went into a deep depression after I had started uh, researching about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same. I taught ADHD as well. I read a couple of books. I was doing great for a couple of years. It was about two years before I was diagnosed. like, And it was only because I asked them. Other than that, I don't think they would have ever diagnosed me in Ireland. Um, yeah, it was only because I said, jeez, I'm doing really well with this ADHD. And, and yeah. I got the diagnosis then of BPD. Um, would have preferred ADHD, but either way, we wouldn't be doing the podcast. <laughs> my God. So, um, do you work now, or what? What do you do? Or I do. I'm. I'm very thankful because um, I don't have. I would say I don't have ninety percent to ninety five percent of the symptoms anymore of BPD. Um, and this started about five years ago. I started, so I, I found, sorry, I guess I will get to the answer <laughs> about me working, but, um, I, when I was, when I first heard of, or had my second diagnosis, I started Googling and I found an article that said Abilify effectively cured my BPD. And I looked into it. So I was desperate. I went to my doctor. I'm like, you need to put me on this now. He's like, I don't know if you know what you're asking. This is a very strong medication. I'm like, I don't care. Like, let's just try it. Um, and I mean, it worked. Um, so Abilify. I mean, Abilify, five milligrams. This person who wrote the article actually had six different um, research articles uh, from scientists or um, psychiatrists, I'm not sure, that were backing this up. Okay. Um, 
anyway, so now I do work. Uh, I'm working part-time. I'm in school part-time. I got married to a wonderful man, which in the past I never would have thought. Uh, I was with a lot of people who did not uh, treat me very well, um, but things are much better now. Yeah. And so the Abilify, how long have you been taking that so? I've been taking it since 2015, 2016. Hmm. Um, side effects, he said, do you realize what you're taking? What sort of side effects are with it? So um, I, okay, so the side effects uh, that are listed, um, I was on such five milligrams is such a low dosage yeah. that I really did not experience much. The most thing I experienced was tiredness. And because of that, I asked my doctor, my psychiatrist, if I could start taking it at night. And she said that was okay. And sorry, I also take um, citalopram uh, in the morning. Uh, and I take the Abilify at night. Um, and the first three weeks, I would just feel tired. Hmm. But now it's like, I don't feel anything. It's just... Um, and I'm the, the way I found your podcast was through a Facebook group. Um, and I noticed that a lot of people who have tried Abilify and have not, or even the name brand, the name brands of Abilify, because Abilify is very expensive itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they've taken very large doses compared to what I've taken and they've had severe side effects. And that's why they say it doesn't work for them. But I mean, I'm not a doctor and I can't recommend medication, but I can only say based on my experience and what I had read was that in small doses, it was extremely effective. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah I, I've never been medicated at all. They tried to medicate me when I was, um, when I done my wrist in, they tried to medicate me, but I, mm. I didn't want to be medicated because at the time I was running a business. Mm. And, um, I didn't know. I knew the nightmare that was me. I just didn't know the nightmare. I didn't know what I would be on medication. Right. So I was like, no, because I had four or five lads and I had to run a business. And I was like, at least I know I knew the nightmare that was me. Right. I didn't know what medication would do to me. Mm-hmm. As in, would I be numbed down? Would I not care? And like, you can't run a business and not care. So I was like, no, it's not happening. Um. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went the food route. I went down looking into mm. food, natural, and thankfully it, it worked out well for me. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the road I went down, um, only because I was afraid. I was afraid in case uh, I was afraid in case the business would close, mm. and I wouldn't care. You see, I'm ignorant to medication. So, but either way, thankfully it it all worked out in the end for me, which is great. Can, yeah. I, can I say something regarding yeah. what you said? Um, I wanted to mention, and I guess I kind of forgot this part as I was talking about it. When I had first started taking the medication, I did start to feel numb a bit. And yeah. it was weird because I started to grieve who I was before. Because even though I was personally a mess before, at least I could feel something. So actually, once I had taken the medication, I stabilized, although I wasn't, um, although I felt numb, I had to gradually start to remember or rediscover myself uh and like the things that i loved and cared about and eventually i think i became where i am now so yeah, it yeah. wasn't perfect yeah and it, it does it numb you down so it, it does numb you a little bit it makes what would you be able to describe that like um just i became more quiet and um 
more pensive, but my thoughts were not racing as they were before I was on medication. Um, and I did have an experience where I was like, where it, okay, I'm not explaining it, but so um, maybe other people with BPD can relate where they have an experience and they assume the worst. So, okay, long story short, my dad had gone to the cottage one weekend and I thought that he was mad at me before I would just assume that thought and I would never even think to check it. But for some reason, my mind had slowed down and I was like, Hey mom, is dad mad at me? Is that why he went to the cottage? She's like, no, like, why would you even think that? And I was like, Oh, okay. So it was like the first time I'd ever checked my thoughts and actually realized that my thoughts weren't actually true. Right. Okay. So you couldn't previous to this, you had a thought, but you never find you never fact checked it. Yeah, I just I just took it as reality. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I like I was like that years ago. I was I I couldn't tell the woods from the trees to be honest with you. Yeah. And um. Yeah, and it's instant belief. It's like do you know that instant chocolate you can get and put it into milk. It's like fucking instant belief. You just <laughs> leave it straight away, and it's like a complete reality in your head, and you're like, no, it's definitely real. And then yeah. You throw the tantrum. Well, I did. I'm, I'm assuming everyone throws tantrums. I was a legend for throwing tantrums. You throw the tantrum and you fuck them over and then they start slowly coming up with the facts mm-hmm. and there's a little tiny voice in your head going, um, I'd like to leave now. And you're like, you can fucking get back in here. You caused all this shit. Get back in and look at these facts. And the facts are coming up and your brain is like, fuck it. Oh, shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're there standing like a fucking Egypt because you gave out like, and you, well, I did anyway. And you're there going, why did you check the facts? Well, it felt real. It felt, it felt Absolutely. so real. It just felt so real. Yeah, I'm a devil. I'm, I'm extremely into science now, right? Extremely. But I wasn't always. I was extremely into other stuff. Mm. Now, when I say other stuff, like spirituality and all that sort of stuff, I was into all that. And, and, and I, and I could, you know, everyone that listens to the podcast, they know I've done my wrist in. I, yeah, I've done my wrist in. And then I went, right, science, <laughs> check facts. <laughs> you've only fucking one <laughs> hand left. Check the facts. Just you've one hand left. You've only got two. You've only fucking one left. And now I'm gone extremely into science where it's always check the facts, check it just mm-hmm. because you, I got myself into so much trouble with my emotions. So I checked the facts now, um, but I didn't, I didn't know one such. So do you For check sure. the facts now? I'm, that's one of the things that I'm working on. Um, the people around me, I mean, I've started to realize it's true. Like I'm, I'm hard on myself. If I'm, you know, I don't accomplish what I say I'm going to do right away mm. or, um, you know, I do get down on myself sometimes, but it is something that I still have to learn is how to check myself without relying on other people. What do you mean by that? Go on, tell me. Um, I mean, maybe it's something I don't have to change. I mean, maybe maybe our back and forth can help me even realize that. Um, but I'm very good. And maybe other people with BPD are because um, I guess the gifts associated with BPD, but we can, or I can, sorry, 
tell what someone else is feeling, but it's very difficult for me, even though I'm maybe feeling something, I can't put a name to it. So if I talk to a friend, we'll talk it out and I'll be like, oh, right. Okay. I'm feeling this because of this. Mm. So I can do it with others, but I can't do it with myself. I, I, would you believe the same thing? But we've BPD, mm. so it's not like we're going to find uncommon. Again, I couldn't tell my emotions and mm. I got four people I trusted and I tell them a story. This pissed me off. What do you think? And if they said, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'd log that down as correct. <laughs> right. Because mm. I couldn't tell. There are four neurotypical people, by the way. So I made sure and picked extremely moral human beings. I didn't send out an application. They're in my fucking family and close friends. <laughs> and it wasn't like I put an ad in the paper looking for extremely moral human beings for a person who can't tell their emotions apply within. Um, and I would tell them the story. And if three of them went, yeah, I'd go with it. If two of them went, yeah, and two of them went, no, I would pick whatever I felt as the veto. Mm. And that done me the world of good. Because For now sure. I, don't, I don't ask anybody now. That was years ago. Like it was 2009 when I done it. I do speed up this bit because I've said it so many times. You know, when you're listening to a podcast, you're like, for fuck's sake, he's going to tell this story again. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, in, in, in 2009, I don't know. But so after that, I kind of built my little four pillars, as I called it. But it done me the world of good. Picking them four moral human beings who were neurotypical, it done me the world of good because I literally don't ask people now. Whatever I feel... I have a good feeling about it. Sometimes I like I still get it wrong. I'm not like the fucking Dalai Lama of it. But I'd be 95% there. Like I wouldn't, I'd have a fairly good feel of it. And I trust my feelings now. That's the whole mm. if there's a here's the thing about BPD that I don't know if you've noticed, right? Our feelings are pretty much on the ball. Yes. Our actions, our responses, or should I say the correct term, reactions, our yes. reactions is what fucks it up for us. Yes. So, like, our feeling of, oh, they don't feel right. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or, okay. Why? What's wrong with you? Like, you know, and then it escalates. But the problem I found, I'm learning more and more. We're not all the same. I was a fucking lunatic. I would explode. And then that's the only thing that got talked about, not the fact that I was correct with my feelings. Right. If I didn't react, I would have been on the fucking ball still. I'm, I'm on the ball now. Like even there, was it yesterday? See, this, like I'm doing podcast after podcast after podcast. This is the third podcast in two days. Um, wow. I've done one this morning. I'm loving it, so I don't care. And I'm just, <laughs> putting them up. I don't have a day when I put them up. This will be up as soon as the computer can load it. Because um, they're there forever. If you want to fucking listen to them, listen to them. And if you don't. I do. I need to. I need yeah, to. No, I'm not you. Yeah, not you. But in general, if people want to listen, they'll listen. If they don't, like, I follow podcasts and I listen to them. Um, but yeah, this is the part of podcast. But dear, yesterday, my wife turned around and said to me, um, you're very tired, Sean. Because I was up at four o'clock and then I didn't go to bed till half eleven that night, which is mm. never happening for me. I just went, yeah, I am, yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't get intrusive thoughts anymore. That's so great. I don't get the whole, like, I could tell you years ago, intrusive thoughts. If I, I, do you know what I'll do? I'll give you a perfect example of my wife coming in, which is why I was a bastard years ago. So she'd come in and go, oh, you look tired. Why? What's wrong with you? I'm just saying you're tired. Yeah, but fuck off away from me if I'm tired. If you're able to spot that I'm tired, just fuck off away from me. I mean, if you sounds can, familiar. If you can see that I'm tired, what the fuck is wrong with you coming in telling me I'm tired? Do you want a fucking medal or something? Do you want a fucking medal? And she'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What, what the fuck is wrong with me? You're coming in, you know I'm fucking tired and you're fucking asking me, am I tired? Sort of a fucking stupid question is that. That was me years ago. Um, I'm able to remember it. <laughs> so well, not yeah. exactly overly proud of it, but that's the way I was. Now, she came in the other day and said, you look tired. I went, yeah. I didn't even say, yeah, I was that tired. All I got out was, yeah. <laughs> but inside my head was, yeah, that was it. It was like years ago, there was everything else. Right. I'm gone to a stage now with BPD where when I'm tired, I'm just tired. I couldn't believe this in people years ago. I'd say it, I'd say it to my wife years ago. Um, when we, the twins, the twins were extremely busy, like fucking unreal busy. Love all my kids to bits. There's no denying that. Love them to bits. It just was really busy. But it was so busy with, we've twins and then we had a singleton first. But it was so busy with them at one stage. I said to my wife, are we fighting? And she goes, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Because my head was fried. It was fucking fried years ago. It was so busy. But there was so much in my head years ago. There was so many thoughts. Yes. I hate life. I want to die. Fuck everyone. Fuck you. Fuck the world. Once I get tired, when I got tired years ago, I was a bastard. There's no other way of saying it. And bastard is the nicest word I could give to myself. Mm. I was a bastard. I was. Now Nothing. I get tired now. It's nothing, you know? Yeah. I, I know. Now that you say that, I realize like if, because then you're like depleted and there's like zero self-control, zero self-awareness. Like you're just, anything can happen anytime. So anything can happen with you, is it? Yeah. Like, I mean, before I, I, I had gotten improved. Improved, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I can relate to the like, not just the comment, but even the fact that you're at your wit's end and. You're at your wit's end. What... <laughs> yeah, right? I love the Americans. You're so nice. Oh, I'm Canadian. <laughs> oh, even fucking nicer. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Americans are nice. I, Amer I'm only after saying this in the last podcast. The Americans are nice, but they're not. They don't mean it. And even he said it, the Canadians are nicer. Yeah, you're just, you're known for it. You're known for your niceties. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that in general, but I think, I think Americans mean it. I'm not saying I don't mean what I'm saying right now, but I think Canadians, it's a nicety. But anyway. <laughs> so, because um, we're very, we're, we're very, as, as people with BPD do, fear off, and we do fear off. But <laughs> so have you, um, 
a therapy or do you counsel? Because that's what I see in witches. Is that, is that true or am I, am I getting it wrong? No, I mean, I, um, I did take a peer support course, which was actually the first thing I completed ever because with BPD, I could never finish a school program. Um, so I took peer support and I've taken a life coaching course. And so now um, I created a program for women. Uh, or I guess I could even work with men. Um, I'm just, you know, constantly yeah. changing my mind as that happens. Um, and it's more for someone who they found a little stability, whether they've done it with medication or food like you have, mm. and they want to like rediscover themselves and get back to the things that they uh, enjoy in life. So that's what I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how's that going for you? Um, I mean, I guess well, even my, my, my hesitation just sounds like it's not, <laughs> but because I just started, uh, I've decided to go back to university for psychology and I want to actually, you know, do something right. with this in the future. Um, and I'm working part-time. So I, I put the coaching thing on hold, but I would, I would do it if I could squeeze it in for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's great to help people. Like it is great to there's a great feeling out of helping people, I find. I love it. I lo like I mm -hmm. this is not a job to me. I have a job. This is a hobby. Um mm -hmm. there'd never be Patreon or anything like this. I've 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 said it so many times I could never do it, which is fantastic. So I could never get paid for this. It's a hobby and I enjoy it as a hobby. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm enjoying this. Two people having a chat. We never knew each other before. I, to me, that's brilliant. But um, I do. I love, I love, there's a great feeling of helping people. And I think people like yourself who are trying to learn about their BPD to master their BPD, because it does take some people, you know, to learn it so that you can turn around and go, look, this is what worked for me. Mm -hmm. I always say it worked for me. I can't say it's a guarantee. I mean, we're so different, but I can tell you what worked for me. And it's lovely. Like, I find it lovely when you're chatting to people and you know what you're saying is going in and you're no going, oh, that's after sinking in. Like my wife thinks I'm a complete freak because I get these real. Fuck these eyes here like that. And I look like a fucking freak. It's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd often around that lawn if I was visiting people in my hometown. And I could I could be gone for three and a half hours talking about how to improve to a woman's house. Right. And I would come back and my eyes would be flared and I'd be like, yeah, I think she's going to be all right. It's fucking great. And my wife goes, oh. my wife was like, you're a fucking freak. You're going to see it in your eyes. You can see it in your eyes. You're like, yeah, I think she's going to be all right. I think it's good. I like, thank God. I mean, my wife trusts me enough that I can go to another woman's house for three and a half hours. You know, even one night, even one night, there was a smell of perfume off me. And she goes, there's a smell of perfume off you. I went, what? And she goes, there's a smell of perfume off you. Went, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I gave her a hug, which I did. I'm a very right. huggy type of guy. I went, yeah, yeah, I gave her a hug when I said goodbye. It was emotional and I just gave her a hug, which I did, you know. Mm. And she was just looking at me and I was like going, I'm probably the only man on the planet that's allowed to do this. <laughs> you know, that type of way. Where she completely, thankfully, completely trusts me in a sense of she lets me do my thing, you know, right. um, which is fantastic because I get to do this. And the majority of women 
the majority of people I talk to are women. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, gr- I'm delighted. I'm grateful for it because I honestly, you know, you need that level of support as well where your wife isn't kind of fucking wrecking your head going, are you sure? Are you with people? Are you not? You know, and it's not, I'm not into that. Like I'm not, I just want to help people as much as I can. So it is, it's great. It is great to help people, which is what you found as well, isn't it? Yeah, just, I mean, I never would have thought that I would be, I never thought I could actually get through it. Like when I was diagnosed, I, I never saw outside that one article. It was just like, it's kind of like, it felt like a life sentence. So when my psychiatrist was like, why don't you do peer support? I'm like, what? Like, what is that? And the fact that she said that meant I came a long way and I didn't even realize Mm. so if if somebody benefits from this then that's great and I just I think I just want people with BPD to know like like there's hope like you can get through it as much as it sucks it's not impossible oh oh look a hundred percent as I said you know I was a bastard there's no other way I was a fucking nightmare of a human being like an absolute nightmare and I'm a I hate saying it but I'm a gentleman now I hate that name um yeah, I am. Like, I'm a gentleman. There's nothing there. Like, even kids or whatever coming up and dad, you know the way kids, daddy, daddy, 400 million times. Look at me. <laughs> look at daddy. Look, 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 daddy. Look, daddy. Look. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And inside you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just the way kids are. But there's nothing there now. So it does. It definitely worked for me. I can tell you that it definitely worked for me. There's not nothing there. Nothing. Yeah. And people need to know that, which yeah. is why I do the podcast and which is why I ask people to come on. I, I never know with the guests what's going to happen. I mm. much prefer it to be raw and honest because then we let's see how it goes. You know? Nice. So, um. I suppose the next question then is five years from now, where do you see yourself? Um, hopefully finish my degree um, and maybe working with people with BPD uh, as a therapist or psychiatrist, not psychiatrist. I don't want to get into the medical part, but um, therapist and just knowing like, Hey, I've been there and I know not everyone has the best um, experience with professionals. Cause you know, most of them maybe have not been there. So, and maybe have a kid or two. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were saying your husband is, a, he's really supportive. That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't think he understands in detail and that's okay. Like he more see, you know, um, um, because he, he hasn't really seen me with much BPD symptoms. So I'm, uh, much more vocal than he is. He's quite reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, it was interesting the fact that you brought him up if I can touch on um, like BPD and dating. Mm. And it's, I don't usually swear, but it's a shit show. Like, um, <laughs> sorry? Say that again. BPD and dating is a shit show. For me, it was. Okay. Yeah. Like, And, and because I was so, um, were you a nightmare? I mean, I was a nightmare, but I think also what I had been through was a nightmare. Like 
when I had found out what BPD was and I started Googling it, I saw, I found threads from men who are actually encouraging using women with BPD because that's all they're good for. And yeah, I realized yeah. that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the abandonment issues and like, but once I had, um, so there's like a, there's like a narrative in your head of like, you're not good enough and you're, you feel desperate and, or I'm speaking for myself, maybe someone can relate. Um, but like once I had stabilized emotionally, then I had started learning about just um, like, I guess, non-traditional dating. Um, maybe more, sorry, not non, non-modern dating, like, like hookup culture. Like I just wasn't with that okay. anymore. Um, and anyways, the point is that I started to like, believe like I deserve to be treated properly and I mm. internalized that. And then eventually I actually found a man who treated me properly. <laughs> I always argue the case. If someone treats you like shit, it's because you feel like shit. Yeah, that was my, I, my case. I, I never, ever look at people and go, oh, they're treating him or her like a bastard. No, you're allowing it. It's always an allowance. It's yeah. always, I've ne- like, I, I'm a firm believer in that in a sense of people treat you for what you, I think human beings come up with this invisible fucking placard and it kind of tells everyone, I feel like shit. I feel worthless as a human being. Yeah. Please treat me like shit so you can confirm what I already believe. And then they do. And then we feel terrible because they are doing exactly what we feel. Not realizing they're picking up on our feelings. We're not the only one. And they're just mirroring that back to us. Yeah. And I mean, from what I've read, people like we both BPD did have uh, trauma growing up and I'm one of those people too so yeah. I mean we've we've been through so much and then we attract what we think we deserve and then there you know there has to come a point where you realize like like you're valuable like you know yeah. and you deserve to be treated with respect do you mind me asking and you don't have to answer because we don't know sure, uh, sure. when you were growing up like, was it your parents that were traumatic or was it an abusive childhood? Um, and again, before you answer, you don't have to answer because I'm not into that either. You know the type of way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I won't. Um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I won't. Mm, but no, because, because I do. Yeah. Um, because now what I had experienced with whoever had caused most of that pain, I have an amazing relationship with that person now. And I know some people have to cut them out and that's fine, but I'm very thankful that Mm. we are. are Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you see, I don't do the podcast to get a story out of someone. I'm not into that. The podcast is not to try and get a story. So I get fucking good ratings or whatever shit that I'm not into. The podcast Mm. is to have a chat. Um, with somebody listening in the background. Um, you know, and that's all it is. But at the same token, I'm not into getting a story out of you where I get a great hour and then your life is turned upside down where you have to deal with then the fact that you've said this. You know that type right. of I'm not into that. That's 
just not what I'm into at all. I like to have a chat where we can come away at the end of it learning something, that we've gained some sort of knowledge. I know more about medication already because of what you're saying. That I've never really talked to people about medication. Mm. So, yeah, I've learned a little bit about medication. Um, so, my brain has gone blank. I'd love if there was, <laughs> I'd love if there was music we could put on now. Do you know this holding music when you're on a phone? <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I mean, oh, I can no. wait. Um, no, many messing. So... <laughs> You've, um, how many traits did you have of BPD? How many traits? All of them. You had nine, did you? Yeah. Yeah. You fucking were delusional, were you? I did. I, I remember having an experience where I called my friend and I said, I thought I needed an exorcism. And at that time, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I was like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was scared. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not even worried about the rest of the podcast. We're going to go down this road now because I love it. <laughs> like my brain was saying, you're fucked. This is what my brain was saying. You're fucked now. You have nothing else to say, right? <laughs> right? And now I have, I could do, I have to go, I have to go on an hour one way or the other because I have to mind the children. Um, <laughs> but exorcisms, let's get into it. You, you, um, you believed you had obviously an entity inside of you. I, um, oh gosh, this is crazy going back to all this stuff. Um, I, I, so because I thought I had ADHD, I was taking Dexedrin, which is basically like speed. So I, and I was smoking marijuana, um, not in large doses, but enough to affect me. And so, um, yeah, my delusions were, I thought I had to, you mentioned the Dalai Lama. I thought I had to go have a chat with the Dalai Lama at one point (laughs) and talk about how we're going to fix this world. Like I've never, I've never said this to anyone. (laughs) That's brilliant. I think like, that's just the brain working. It's little magic, by the way, taking a fucking stimulant with something that does not stimulate you. I wouldn't imagine it would be the best for a human being. Better off to take the stimulant, enjoy the stimulant, and then take the stuff that destimulizes you. Um, taking the two of them together, I'd imagine your brain would be all over the place. I, I actually don't have, I have very poor memory now. I think a lot of it's because I've blocked out the things I've done or have happened. And, but <laughs> anyway, this is where we are. Where we are. Uh, you must have been a fucking wild one, were you? I was a shit show. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't even swear anymore. But um. do you not? I we're in Ireland. Like this is Ireland. We do not. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, I um, I so before I was like uh, I guess spiritual, like into chakras and like tarot cards. And this is when I was in BPD deeply, and I actually became Christian. And um, yeah. I'm not saying that uh, affected. Actually, it did affect the recovery. Like. I'm not going to get into like a religious thing because that's not what I don't think we're talking about. But no, I can no. only give thanks to God for the you fact can, that I'm where I am now. You can go anywhere you want. That's the truth. You can go anywhere. This is <laughs> I've often had a good laugh with religion and I've often had a good laugh at religion. I'm atheist. Um, mm. So I can I can have a bit of crack with it, as they say. Um, I can. But I can, yeah, I can do it respectfully, too. So come here, you, right, you felt, you felt like 
you needed an exorcism, which means that you thought there was an another being or spirit inside of you. I wouldn't say a spirit. I said there was a nasty little fucker in there. <laughs> my idea of you're telling me you need an exorcism means you must have been a fucking lunatic, as we say in Ireland, because you don't want something out of you if it was fairly okay in you. Is okay. But well, do you I know what a sex mean? reference? Oh no, that's not a sex reference. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, it's as in the fucking spirit. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, don't want, um, you don't want the spirit out of you if it was an no, it wasn't spirit. It was just I I couldn't control my thoughts. I was just like, what's in my head that has to get out? Like, you know? Okay, okay. So you had a lot of intrusive thoughts. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I done a couple of podcasts on intrusive thoughts, like four or five, just to tell people that everybody gets intrusive thoughts. And I had two people with neurotypical on, and the two of them said they got intrusive thoughts as well because everybody gets intrusive thoughts. Not on a roller coaster. Yeah, um, we just have the Disney World version, except for it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and we tend to believe them. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. You're this, you're that. Oh my God, oh my God. And we don't do half of it. We don't do up to 90% of what's inside of our heads. I've noticed. Um, yeah, the fact then, you see, you just had intrusive thoughts and you thought you needed to be exercised, you know. <laughs> I'm, la- I'm smiling because I've told only my close family and friends a couple of things and they, like, they're like, Tina, you need to write a book. <laughs> like, yeah. of everything that's happened. So. There's a book Not that every- I would, but. There's a book in everybody. Everybody, yeah. everybody's life, when you look at it, and this is why I love chatting to people, because if I knew you, it would be a bit more boring for me because I have to try and figure out what to talk about. Um, mm. And I enjoyed then the fact that, you know, you thought you needed to be exercised. Clearly um, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you, so you, you, you became a Christian. Were you, were, you, were you atheist beforehand or... Um, I was atheist for two days and I had the least stress in my life for those two days. <laughs> atheist for two days. So you just said, yes. God, I'm done with you. You're fucking out the window. No. Yeah. I, um, I, the reason I actually became Christian is because of, um, scientific evidence that I learned in the Bible. So that's why. Yeah. Do tell. Do tell. Really? Of course. This is not like this. I love this stuff. Ah. So, so yeah, do tell, but I might come back if that's okay. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. Um, so basically, human history was like recorded in detail before it took place um, in the book of Daniel. So, okay. in the time of Babylon, yeah, God spoke to Daniel and said that. Uh, Media Persia will conquer Babylon, Greece will conquer Media Persia, Rome will conquer Greece, and the papacy will come out of Rome. Hmm. Um, and this is recorded like 530 BC. And then there's also evidence about the rain cycle and the fact that the earth is suspended in space all written 3,500 years ago, which means no human could have actually come up with that. So that was the foundation for me to believe in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was quite a lot written back then when they were doing a lot of drugs. Um, <laughs> did you ever get mad? You know, when you're doing drugs, you get the best thoughts when you're off your head. Um, 
and like a spay when I say doing drugs, people think I'm mocking what they did. I mean, they smoked heroin back then. It's not they were smoking heroin up to 1960. Um, mm. You know, it was the Americans fucked it up for everybody. The war on drugs. Um, mm. Just because some young lad in America seen his mother getting withdrawals from heroin and the father sent him to the pharmacy and they gave him the heroin and brought it back because back then it was normal. And it, it was such a traumatic event for this young lad. He was the first person to start the war on drugs. Oh yeah, the whole world stopped doing drugs then and the pharmaceuticals took over. Up until that, people were doing drugs. You had to go into, into pharmacies to buy Coca-Cola because there was cocaine and Coca-Cola, hence the name. Um, pretty okay, everyone done drugs. We, as a species, every species does drugs when they're stressed. Because do you know mm. why? Because when you're stressed and you're fucking nearly eaten alive by something, mm. I used to get off your head so you don't have long-term memory. So all species kind of know to get off their heads so they don't get a mental illness which is why humans naturally go towards drugs. It's just naturally in our nature. A cow will eat magic mushrooms. There's um, beavers eat something else and they get off their heads. Animals go and get off their heads when they're stressed. That's been proven. That's scientific. I'm not just coming up with this. It's been mm. scientifically proven. Animals will self-medicate. It helps them not get long-term memory about nearly been eaten alive um and so do we so yeah they were smoking a lot of heroin back then and i'd imagine they got some serious thoughts do you, do you know what i honestly think religion is mm. right i'm big into gut bacteria because that's how i cured my mental health mm. I'm big into it right so i honestly think and this is my belief obviously i can't prove it the bit I can prove is this. The bacteria that's in us is thousands of years old. That's a fact. The bacteria in you came from your mother. The bacteria from her came from her mother. It's the same species all the way through generations of life. That's just nature, how it works. That's how bacteria gets to kind of repopulate, it reinfects the host. And it's been proven that we have a certain bacteria inside us called the archaea which is literally billions of years old. Now, that goes against the whole Bible, but there's nothing they can do. That's just been proven. Wait, why, why would that go against the Bible? Well, the Bible um, goes back to Adam and Eve, which is roughly 4,003 years. See, before. that's a misunderstanding. But the, it's written. If you, if no, you, it's, not a, it's not a literal number. So this is why Christians and scientists butt heads because Christians say that the Bible is 6,000 years old. But uh, no, Earth is like 4.5 billion years old. But if you can explain why, because I'll just say, sure. I'll, tell, I'll tell you why from my version and you can tell me how I'm wrong. Go ahead. Right. No, no, so, no, not about wrong. It was just the, the 6,000 years thing I was saying is wrong. Yeah, yeah and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you from my version how I got the number. So, okay. Yeah, so from Adam and Eve, they, in the Bible, dated everything. So in other words, they dated when everybody died. So Abraham was dated, his son was dated. So they lived 
Like I think Abraham lived seven or 800 years, something like this. So from Adam and Eve, each lineage, and I think it's 75 lineages up until Jesus, um, they actually dated when they died. In other words, such and such a lived for 600 years, such and such a lived for 35 years, and each one was dated. Mm-hmm. And it's 4,003 years when you add all them up. Okay. Yeah. So from Adam and Eve to Jesus is 4,003 years. According to the Bible. That's not me. Mm. So can you tell me how then that's not? So the Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, right? But Cain said to God, don't let me be, don't let my enemies kill me, which means there was other people on earth at that time Mm. for them to possibly kill Cain. So Adam and Eve are considered the first people God created because actually they were just the first people that acknowledged God as their creator. So according to God, God acknowledged them as the first two people. But it does not mean that they were actually the first two physical people on earth. That's a lovely spin on it, isn't it? Hmm. So God, it's a, so whose spin is that? Who's, whose belief is it? Second coming Christ. Right. So... These people then that were out before Christ, or sorry, before, before Adam and Eve. So basically the, the earth was populated. Uh, it's a more plausible story, if I'm being honest. The earth was populated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true because uh, Cain did head off. Um, <laughs> he did, yeah, he fucked off. No, sorry, I'm just, yeah. So um, these people, who made them? Who made them? Yeah, who made the other people? Oh, I mean... Everyone reproduced or like they were made, but God just didn't consider them as his people because they didn't know God. It's based on a spiritual relationship. It's not necessarily physical. So God now, according to the Bible, is a pretty, in the Old Testament, he's a bit juvenile where he's killing people all the time because they don't like him. No, just, he's very patient. They don't obey. That's why they end up dying. Um, kids can't be patient. It's in their nature not to be patient. And he killed mm. quite a lot of kids in the Bible. Um, and I'm talking chill. Like I have children, seven years of age and five. But there's people dying now, right? And well, they're dying of natural causes. But I mean, if God was to come down now and just kill my kids, I wouldn't be over the moon about it. Like they, they wouldn't know anything as of yet for him to be like, I'm going to kill you. Um, because they, they're kids. I have a huge problem with this with God in a sense of, no, I don't. Ah, I know what you're saying. You know, he's like, God was a bit, when I say he was a bit juvenile, he was a devil for fucking just killing the kids. Whatever it was, he couldn't see. There's a to- bigger picture to that. I do t- yeah, tell me. So, and I used to wonder this too, right? Why do bad things happen on earth? Why do innocent children have horrible things happen to them? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't believe that. Right. That's not what I don't believe. I have a problem with God literally killing children. Right. The thing is, hmm. um, we all committed sin before we were born on this earth. Actually, every person on this earth tried to kill God before they got here. How? 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 Like, an yeah. An- so how- if, if, we, if we can have like a private conversation, like off the podcast, because this is like a very big part of my life and that's, I'm not, I didn't come here to, to preach or do that kind of thing. But if you are personally interested, then fine. If not, then we don't have to get into it. 
All right. Yeah, no problem at all. It's just I love all this. I love if you can. <laughs> it's not to me. It's not like. I think it should be debated, but I wouldn't be disrespectful. So, I mean, to me, it's absolutely I love to hear people's versions. It's not mm. like I'm trying to I'm not trying to unprove God. I'm not trying, no, that's, uh... not trying to, but I love to hear people's versions of how they believe. That's that's the truth. It's a belief. Um, mm. And I love to hear them because it's fascinating how the mind is actually able to conceptualize all this, you know. I mean, the, the, we were all, we, we originated with sin. You know, I, I think there's a bread. There's a thing there with bread and, a, you know, you hit the tin a little, you know, hit, and every loaf after that will have a dint in it. And that's how we all have sin. And that's fine. It's a great story. My biggest argument with God is, why does he have to kill children? That's my just, now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't believe in God. It's, so it's not like I'm offended by him killing children. I don't believe God killed children. I don't believe God exists. So it's not offensive on my behalf in a sense of, and at the same token, I'm not even trying to make sure you don't believe in God. I just love the over and back because mm. I think it's interesting. I'm not even going, like I wouldn't try and make this conversation to show to you, well, there's no God. I'm not saying there's no God. I love when people believe in God. I personally don't. I'll have a debate about it, but to be honest, that's all it is, is a debate. I wouldn't get upset about it because I, it's like getting upset about someone talking to me about leprechauns. You know, From your a, perspective, yeah. Exactly. So from my perspective, I literally don't think God exists. So I'm never mm. going to, I'm not going to get truly upset about any debate I have about him. Right. And sure. whereas me and also having BPD, I'm a bit more emotional and I don't want like, I don't want to be so overzealous and passionate when this isn't the placer for it. Because I mean, also if I talk about my faith or religion, it also um, exposes part of my identity of like where, like what church I belong to. And I don't want to do that. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Right. We leave God. We'll get him again. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you believe in Jesus then. It's that God, isn't it? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's that's the end of God in that sense. But um, <laughs> I always ask this. Have you have you any questions? Um, yeah, I would like to know, um, maybe you've already shared this on your podcast, but how did you overcome or work through BPD with the method that you used? I use, uh, I use what I use is basically four things. Mm -hmm. It's called four fundamentals, um, which I promote in a sense of what I do. Mm -hmm. so what I done is when I was trying to figure out my, my BPD, I looked at human beings as a species, which is where I got into bacteria which is where I got into us as a, as a species, literally as a species. And when I looked at us as a species, I was kind of inquisitive as to know, well, what is the complete environment for us? Mm. Right. So I wanted to know what's an environment for a human being. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, because I'm atheist, then I didn't look beyond that. 
So I didn't look for a higher spiritual meaning. I didn't look for anything. I looked for exactly science. Mm. And what I found out was you can break a human being down into this. We did get up years ago. We did live in caves. We did get chased by animals. You know, I mean, the Pinaha tribe in, and the, and the Hudza tribe in Africa, they're still being chased by animals. So it's not like this is, I'm trying to think, is this real? No, no. So as a human being, we have a circadian rhythm. And basically we walk with the sunlight and we slept when it got dark. When the sky dropped a bit, it sent in uh, the, the dusk into our eyes and it, it created a thing called melatonin. And that made us sleepy. So I kind of looked at it then going, right, so human beings naturally slept when it was dark. So we didn't have all this light and blue light off our screens. So then I changed my sleeping pattern. So now okay. I, I go to bed now between the hours of half nine and half 11. I don't change it. And that's seven days a week. It's not like you can get a lie on on a Sunday. It's not actually healthy to lie on. According, according to science. So there is no lying on. If I need, I lay on this morning because of the last two days, but lying on to me is seven o'clock. That's the, like, when I got up this morning at seven o'clock, that's the latest I've got up in years. I normally wake around half five. Um, so I figured out that human beings need sleep. And mm. it's crucial for us. So staying up beyond half 11 was never a thing that a human being could do. I'm talking about when we lived in caves because that's when we would have been at our purest um, as a species. I know with medication we were able to heal, but as a species. The next thing I looked at was what did we eat? So we didn't eat um, anything processed because it simply didn't exist. Right. So we only ate plants and meat, which is... You know, which is probably why, and this is probably, it's probably why we can eat fish raw, mm. we, right? Because it's, it is the only one we can eat raw, really raw. You can kill an animal, you can eat its organs more or less raw, but beyond that, not so much. The organs, fair enough, but not the liver you can eat raw. Um, but we can eat fish raw, and we have the canines for that. Right. So when I looked up all that, we ate whole foods. We would have went out, we would have picked up plants, ate them, um, seeds, stuff like this. Then we would have ate fruit in the summer, in the autumn time, we would have ate fruit because what happens is with human beings is we have a certain store for sugar. And if we fill that sugar up really quickly, which is what processed food does instantly, no matter what we eat afterwards, it gets put in as fat. And the mm. fat then is when we eat, so when we eat fruit in the autumn time, because it has a high sugar content, the fruit would have been converted into fat. And if we had a drought during the winter, mm. the fat would have brought us through until the spring. Right. So we as a species are able to put on any amount of fat in order for us to actually be able to survive a winter. That's, you know, when I was looking at it, because when you look at other species, especially those that eat um, animals, they're always lean because they're always hunting. 
So we then were able to store fat, and that's what got us through winters. That's in case there was a drought. So I look, when I looked at the food, I went, right, so if, if, you, if you really eat a clean diet, what will that do next? So then I started implementing this. And that's where my... Now, the next thing we would have done as a species as well is we would have been consuming bacteria. When you're putting your hand into the ground and eating the fruit or the vegetables, there's live bacteria from the earth in that going into your mouth. We would have been consuming this constantly. Now, if you speed that up to when we became farmers and when we started to kind of uh, grow crops and stuff like this, humans before the invention of the fridge used to store their vegetables and make, um, they used to store them in a brine. So they used to compact the vegetables and bring the brine up and that brine would like turn into bacteria. And we developed more with this. So you have the likes of sauerkraut, you have the likes of kimchi in Korea. Um, so we would have stored pickles, anything like this that would have kept through the winter, not realizing we were actually creating a probiotic food, which was more beneficial for us. So when I started looking up all this, I started implementing all these foods into my life. I was basically a three, four takeaway type of lad a week. Um, eat a lot of processed foods and a lot of meltdowns. And I can say now personally myself, my diet is one ingredient foods. I don't have to look up labels. You don't need to look up what's in broccoli, carrots, right. pork, chicken, beef. Even today when I was doing the shopping, I picked up burgers that were frozen, but I checked over on the back, 99% beef, 1% salt and pepper. Um, if it has any more than one ingredient, I will not buy it. Because the one thing I said about my, when, with my wife, because I'm mentally ill, I didn't want children. Mm. So when we came to the agreement of having children, I said, look, if we're going to have children, I need full control over the food. Right. So because obviously, I mean, a, a Labrador has a Labrador, a Rottweiler has a Rottweiler. I know my children are going to be more prone to mental health. Right. I'm not blind to that. Even if I give them the best life possible, the fact is I come from a long lineage of mentally ill people. Mm. We're deficient starting off. So our food is one ingredient. Now, do I buy, like, you know, potato waffles or whatever they're called? Um, now, I've seen my wife. My wife went off a few weeks ago, and she bought these waffle-type things for breakfast or some shit like this. Like, I know the Americans eat them. And I said, what? what are these? Oh, I just got them. And I looked, I flicked over the back because I'm so used to it. Like, and 20 grams of fucking sugar for every 100 grams you eat. Like, that's fucking just sugar. You know what I mean? You give that to them, they're going to be killing each other 20 minutes later. And they did. They killed wow. each other 20 minutes fucking later. Because that's what sugar does. We're not, we're not designed for that, right? Right. So I looked up all of this. I looked up really what it did, how we survived. Um, and as it turns out, it was the best thing I ever did. Because the sleeping... If you, don't, if you don't get proper sleep, here's the thing about sleeping. Your body repairs itself between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm. 
Mm. Okay, so you get your maximum REM sleep between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. You don't get any more REM sleep really after 2 o'clock. You're going back up into your cortisol levels to wake you up again. The reason being is when we were being hunted, it was best to catch the most maximum sleep before the animals went out hunting. Everything... I'm going to have to throw in God here because you believe in God. Everything God designed are from evolution is for survival, to make sure we got the maximum amount of everything. It's the reason trees don't have eyes. They don't need them. Mm. You know, moles can't see. They don't need eyes. Uh, they don't need to be able to see. So we got our best restorative sleep between the hours of 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning. That's, again, just science. That can't be contested. Like, I would argue that with any human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. right? So when I figured that out, I went, right. So I can get the maximum amount of restorative between 10 o'clock. I normally go to bed around half nine. So I'm asleep because I'm a greedy bastard. I want <laughs> you want the full. <laughs> I want the full benefits. Because what I noticed with myself is when my energy dropped, mm. I was more prone to a meltdown. So I just looked at my life like an energy game. So I went, mm. right, so if I can increase my energy, then I won't have a meltdown. Because it's only when I'm tired I have a meltdown. So I got to bed at half nine. And all, I'll tell you what happened. When I started introducing probiotic foods into my life, Live cultured foods that are we human beings. And here's a little thing about live cultured foods. Human beings from the beginning of time have been consuming bacteria. When you put your hand into the ground and you eat that, you're taking in bacteria. And we developed as a species. So we, we were always touching the earth. We were, mm. always, we were always at one with the earth. And again, I'm stressing, I'm atheist, so it's not like I'm spiritual. No, no, I'm totally... Uh, yeah. So we were always at one with the earth. If you look at human beings now, we're literally the only species that literally don't touch the earth. And the mm. earth in and of itself is alive. 50% of, of the earth's mass is bacteria. Wow. Right. So if you have a mass, which I do believe that's the real God. But anyway, um, if you have a mass that's 50% of a living organism, and bacteria communicate through a vibration, which is why people that are spiritual believe that they're connected through a vibration. Science understands that the only way bacteria can communicate is literally vibrating towards one another, which is why you'll get a good feeling with someone and a bad feeling with someone else. It's your gut bacteria mm. vibrating outwards. It's basically saying safe or not, right? So when I looked at this, we as a species, even we'll say Canadians, Americans, Europeans, we would have been drinking cow's milk, okay. which is full of bacteria. So because we moved from Africa up mm -hmm. northern, we were losing the sunlight because we then over the generations went from being black to white. We were not able to absorb vitamin D as well. So the best way to absorb vitamin B, it's mental how it all turned out, is the cow's milk, right? Because the cows produce vitamin D in their milk. 
So, but they're also full of live bacteria. So when we were consuming food back then, we were drinking cow's milk, which is full of bacteria, and bacteria help digest food. Wow. Now, the more bacteria you have to digest food, the more energy the human has. So when the, when the, ener- when the human has more energy, again, it's a survival thing. If I'm sluggish because I've ate a piece of meat, I'll put it this with you. If I was cloned and the cloned version of me ate a piece of meat and then I ate meat, but with live culture bacteria, I will have more energy. Now, if we're being chased, here's where it comes into play. I have more energy to get away. This is why as well as a human being, you heard the term how they shit themselves. Because when you're running away and you're scared shitless, Mm. it's an awful lot better to shit yourself, lose about a pound in weight, because then you will be able to run faster. Everything we do is about survival. Everything. It's always about how the species survives. So when I looked into all this, my head just started fucking exploding going, oh, my God, this is. This is extremely interesting. Yeah, I was going, oh, my God, this is all connected. Right. And Mm. the fact is that I'm atheist, I was able to go, oh, (laughs) that's where the fucking spiritual people are getting the connection. Because here's the thing, the same bacteria that resides in us, I think there's 60 percent of it in a tree. Okay. Which is why we love to be close to nature. And then mm. if you get a tree, right, when a tree drops, ex- drops its sapling onto the ground, it can divert water. And it's been proven that the tree, because it's alive, will divert more water towards its own sapling to make sure it survives. That's super cool. That's science. That's not me making it up. Everything I tell you, if I say it's my belief, it's my belief. Everything else is science. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking up all this, I was there going, Jesus, all of this stuff. So is a bacterial thing, like we are literally now, here's the thing about a human being. If you got a human being's cells and you lined every one of them out in a row, over 90% of us are bacteria. About eight to 9% is virus. And 1% of us is mammal. Whoa. We're literally... bacteria and viruses. We have 100 trillion viruses in us at any given time, protecting us in case other viruses want to come into us. And how they survive is through a healthy diet. They don't, the viruses are the the viruses that are within us that we pick up. Here's how we get the viruses. Number one, we're born with them. So that'll prove the virus has come into us. Number, number two, the womb is no longer sterile. I was saying this years ago and people were saying I was a mad bastard. I was saying, I'm telling you, it's a fucking bacterial thing. About six, seven years ago, I was going, no, I'm telling you, it's a bacterial thing. And I was going, no, the womb, they're definitely coming through the womb. They're coming through. And people were looking at me like you're What, the bacteria is coming through the womb? No, the bacteria are in there. As in, it's okay, all, okay. all a bacterial thing. Anyway, I think last year they figured out that there is bacteria in the womb, as in in the sterile environment where they thought it was sterile with the child. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. It's not not sterile. There's viruses and bacteria in there. So 
when I looked up all this, I was there going, right, it's all connected. So basically then you have to respect them. You have mm. to, we are literally bacteria. 99% of us is bacteria and viruses. That's fact. I was there going, right, if we're 99% this, maybe it's time to start looking after them and to respect right. and to not be fucking damaging them and killing them. And, and then I, I got rid of 99.9% .9 of them products that kill bacteria of my house then, there and then. Mm. Um, and I've been cleaning our toilets ever since and I never get sick. What, what do you clean them with? I'm just curious. I cleaned them with window cleaner. <laughs> like the, uh, Windex or like yeah, the blue window stuff? Cleaner. Yeah, window cleaner. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, and I've okay. been doing it for years. Now, the only thing I do use is, um, you know, the lime scale remover. That's the only thing I have in the house for the lime scale on the toilet. Okay. But I don't touch that, as in it goes into the toilet and you leave it and then you brush the toilet and it's clean then. Beyond that, I don't have surface cleaners. I don't have... Here's the thing about bacteria. Uh, even we'll say with, you know, the current, the current situation. Hunt. Soap and water bursts their membrane. They can't handle soap and water. It bursts their membrane. So once okay. you, so soap and water bursts, it literally bursts the membrane and they die. Soap and water, simple as that science as well. That's not my belief. It's literally mm -hmm. soap and water. Kills 19. Here's the thing about killing 99% of the bacteria. You're supposed to have your home as an ecosystem. It's supposed mm. to have bacteria in it. When you go into a hotel room, that the hotel room is full of the occupants bacteria that was there beforehand. And within mm. one hour of you being in that hotel room, it's now full of your bacteria and they're killing that bacteria. Cause that's the previous the bacteria. Yeah. That's the way it works. So when I figured out that we were a species of bacteria, I started to then eat the foods that human beings only eat. Because mm -hmm. the thing about it is, is processed foods, we can't read them as a species. We don't understand them. And they're regarded as a toxin. When you eat food that has, say, takeaway food, it has hydrogenated fat in it, right? Hydrogenated fat... It's, it's, it's very hard for a human being to break down hydrogenated fat. There's too many chains in the link. Every time you eat food, if you eat a piece of chicken, say, there might be, this is not real, there might be 20 links of chains, and you have to break them down before you can distribute it around your body, right, as amino acids. Hydrogenated fat can't be broken down. So it just keeps circulating around your body. So it's like a toxic question. Yeah. How, how do you flavor your food? Salt, pepper, um, salt, and, like salt, pepper, herbs, spices. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Just because like, I know you're not having sugar and processed food. So I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Salt, salt, pepper, sugar, um, not sugar. I don't eat sugar. Salt, pepper, spices, herbs, again, anything that's natural. Right. No, anything. I, I've won. There's only one thing that I do with food. Did it grow? A cow grows. A carrot mm. grows. Broccoli grows. Did it grow? Herbs right. grow. Spices grow. Everything grows. Did it grow? Yeah or no? If it didn't grow, once man touches food, he wants a few pounds. Nature is not really too cared about. Nature just does what nature does. It just grows the food. 
Here's the thing about food, about nature, and this is science. There's a fiber in every plant that the bacteria in our gut want to eat, but they can't eat it because it's in plant form. They need okay. a host to break that down through their teeth. And when it's broken down then through the stomach, the, the bacteria can then eat the fiber of that plant. And as a thank you, they will distribute the nutritional value of that plant to the host. That's this is so cool. And yeah. actually, it makes me believe in God even more. That's <laughs> why so I love it. <laughs> even, yeah, even exactly, because it's such a genius plan, right? And that's what I'm saying. I'm not anti-God. I'm not like... No, trying- no, I, I love it. I love science. Like, um, totally. So every plant that I eat now, in your gut, what you have is, you know, like a tube station, a, tr- a tube train, Okay. So at the top of the train and the back of the train, if you can imagine a tube train and it's full of people, each one of now, if you can imagine all of them, people are different nationalities. That's bacteria. Mm. They're all different. They all have different cultures. They all do different things. Um, But you have to feed them. Now, the bacteria that eat potatoes don't eat broccoli. The bacteria that eat broccoli don't eat peanuts. So what you have to do, what I figured out is, I went, so I have to just feed the little fuckers. And if I feed the little fuckers, I'll be okay. So what I do is, my, my daily eating routine is, I consume up to 21 different plants every day. Are you going to give us a meal plan? Because this is really interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I might actually have to ask you to email me your meal plan. Oh, you can listen to the podcast because I'm all <laughs> <laughs> um, I consume up to 21 different plants every day. So I know I'm hitting every one of my bacteria. So they're all being fed. Because here's the thing about bacteria. If you don't write bacteria, eat fiber. And fiber comes from vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. There's no fiber in meat. Humans eat meat for protein, minerals, and vitamins. But beyond that, you need fiber for the bacteria. They eat the fiber. Now, if you consume, I'm not saying if you, this is a fact for me, and it's a fact for over nearly 150 people so far that I've done this with. Mm -hmm. I do a plan with people, right? Yeah, for free. (laughs) So I do a four week plan with people because I figured it out. People were saying to me, how did you get better? I'm not Mm. pretend better. Do you know that type of way? I'm not pretend better. I am better. Yeah, for sure. uh, When I I done this, figured it out, I now live this basic lifestyle. So I give my body, I feed my gut in the morning time. So like I'll give you an example. I get up in the morning. I don't drink, I'll drink one cup of coffee. So in the morning, I wait. Now, if you wake in the morning, don't drink coffee before an hour. Reason being is your natural circadian rhythm is designed to wake you up. So you have your own natural body clock to wake you up. So when you wake naturally in the morning, don't drink coffee for a minimum of an hour because you need your cortisol to still be waking you up. If you drink coffee, you're going to interfere with that. 
and your body won't produce cortisol, which means you'll need the coffee in the morning. Now that goes That's against true. nature. I keep everything as close to nature as I possibly can, or as close to God as God intended it. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. So in the mornings, I'll wake up and then I'll drink water to hydrate all my organs. Um, I leave the water out in a container. It's a milk container, right? <laughs> I'm very cheap and cheerful how I done all this. I leave it out <laughs> overnight to make sure that it's room temperature. Mm. I will drink as much as I can. and That's me hydrating all my organs first thing in the morning. An hour later, I'll have a cup of coffee with inulin fiber in it. I'm going to text you all this story. Okay, thanks. <laughs> inulin what I figured out is once the bacteria love fiber, I started looking up all the best fibers on the planet. And I buy a lot of fiber. It's literally the fiber off the plant. So I, I give myself a cup of coffee with uh, MCT oil, which is a coconut oil. Because here's the little thing about losing weight, right? For anyone listening, if you want to lose weight, eat a lot of fat. 100%. Not 99%. You want to lose weight, eat fat. People think avoid fat. The worst thing you can do on the planet is avoid fat, right? It's fucking, I'm going to tell you why. So anyway, I have an inulin coffee with MCT oil because it's full of fat and it's gorgeous coffee. I whisk it up with one of them whisker yolks. It's a lovely coffee. So that's my, I'm now putting in the inulin into my body. So what's happening is this, the fiber's going in with the coffee. The coffee is going to stimulate my stomach and increase my acidic level, right? So I know what every food does when it goes into me, which is why I, I fucking mental with this stuff. Um, when the coffee's gone in, it's going to raise my acidic level of my stomach. So the fiber then is going to activate my bacteria because inulin, the fiber inulin, bacteria love it. You're feeding quite a lot of bacteria species. So you're hitting quite a lot of them with that straight away. Now, what you bacteria are fairly basic. Basic. What you feed will breed. Hmm. Okay. Which is why when you feed bacteria processed food, the bad bacteria make you crave more processed food. It's as simple as it gets. This is something I'm struggling with. I'm really glad we're having this conversation. You should do the four week plan with me, and I'll spend as much time as I can with you beyond this podcast, beyond this podcast. Um. Because the podcast is just a podcast. I, you know, it's not the real deal. The real deal is me and you chatting behind the scenes. And I'm definitely going to chat to you about God because I love Thank all you. that. Um, awesome. So anyway, I feed my, my gut bacteria the, uh, with the inulin. Right. The next thing I do then is I'll make up a smoothie. Now, my smoothie, I have a two liter smoothie jar because when I figured out my gut want to be fed, I said, I'm going to fucking get them a two liter. <laughs> Yeah, I mind them. I mind my I mind my gut like it's a baby. Like I treat my gut so well because my fucking mental health went. So the next next thing I do is I get my smoothie maker. So I put in broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, peas, sweet corn, apple, banana. I put in porridge, or you call it rolled oats. I put in, in um, ashwanga fiber, psyllium husk fiber, arrowroot. Um, I put in then pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, sunflower seeds, hemp seeds. 
I'm going to send you all this. So I put in quite, I think there's about 16 different plants in my smoothie. Now, here's the key. I'm going to tell you the key to, I was a binger on sweets. When I say a binger, you're talking to somebody who could eat a small child size of sweets. That's so, you know, it's not funny, but that is a fact. People look at me and go, no way. And then I would tell them what I ate in sweets and they're like, oh my God, you should be dead. So like I, I was a binger. I'm off the sweets now. Um, I figured it out. Took me 11 fucking years or 10 years, but I figured it out. Anyway, so in that smoothie, there's 16 different plants and they're all full portion sizes, right? Blend it up. Now I drink then, here's the thing about humans. Eat until you're full. We didn't, when we were in the caves, go, I'm okay. We survived as a species. And this is why I don't believe in diets. Mm. Right? I don't believe in diets because I want to go back to human beings as a species. Human right. beings ate until they were full. There was no three meals a day. We didn't know when we were going to get the last meal. So we ate until we were full. And I'm sticking to that because I'm a fucking binge eater, right? Gotcha. So I like binge eating. So what I do is with that two liters, I will drink whatever I want and I can feel full and then I stop. Okay. Right. The next thing then is I pour it because I go to work. I pour the remainder into a flask so it keeps it nice and cool. And sorry, there's kombucha in that. My bacterial food or drink kombucha. I brew my own kombucha. I'm going to teach you all of this and you can do it for fucking nothing. It's cheap and cheerful. Um, so the next, so that's my smoothie. My smoothie is full of live bacteria and full of plants, which is what my gut wants. So I feed my gut in the morning time. The next meal I have will be my smoothie again. Right. Oh, okay. So I have that smoothie in work when I feel like it. When I feel like it, I'll have that again. Sometimes it's 10 o'clock, sometimes it's 12 o'clock, but it's only when I feel like it. I listen to my body. The next thing I have is sardines. Right? Reason being is this. Sardines are a bottom-feeding fish, which means they don't eat any other fish, which means they have the lowest amount of mercury of any fish. They also eat the bottom of the ocean, which is the plants of the ocean. And you can only get omega-3, which is fantastic for the brain or ADHD. You can only get omega-3 from a bottom feeding fish. Omega-3 does not naturally happen in fish if they don't eat the bottom of the ocean. Now, the only reason other fish get omega-3 is they're eating fish that eat omega-3. You know, cows get omega-3 from eating the grass. But... Sardines are brilliant for loads of reasons. They're a whole fish. If you can eat the whole animal, you're going to be getting calcium, your vitamin B12, a lot of vitamins, minerals in, in sardines, and they're cheap and cheerful. Plus as well, you're getting all your omega-3s, and if they're in the brine, you're going to get your omega-6s. And it's 40 cents to buy a tin. At, at one little tin of sardines is 40 cents. Bit of salt, bit of pepper, eat it. If you don't like it, it's gone in a few minutes. But here's the thing about protein. Protein mm -hmm. fills you up. You can't feel you can't feel cravings after you eat protein. 
which is why lions normally lie down. A snake is already lying down, but it has to rest. Anything that eats a high amount of protein generally needs to rest afterwards because your body will burn about 30% of its energy trying to break it down, which means you're losing more calories, right? Um, the next thing I have after that is a complete meat dinner. No, no reason. This is my diet. I'm not saying everyone should do this. Reason being is I crave sugar. So what I'm doing to myself is this. I'm having all of my carbohydrates in the morning time mm. and before one o'clock. So I'm going to burn that off as I'm working. And that sugar store I was telling you about earlier on, I'm burning that off me. Now, the next meal I put into me then is full of protein, which will actually make me feel full. And the next meal after that is meat, literally meat, which makes me feel full again. Here's the thing about eating that type of a diet. I can't get over 1,800 calories a day. And oh, I've, okay. I've lost 29 pounds in three months. Whoa, that's awesome. Which is a little bit more than two pounds a week. As you should, right? Mm -hmm. So I've lost 29 pounds in three months by literally doing, and I done no more exercise. I was very specific when I changed my diet. Because I was vegetarian before this. And I literally went from vegetarian to carnivore, right? Which for people with BPD, because not everyone is a fucking vegetarian. As it turns out, it was one of the best things I ever did because now I found the perfect diet for me who is a binge eater. So what I'm doing is I'm making sure the sugars are not in me in the evening time. And here's the thing. I don't crave sweets anymore. Wow. Because what I did was this. I literally went to just eating meat as much as I wanted. And over the coming days of me eating meat, I got rid of all my sugar. And I became fat adapted. So my body was actually burning the fat off me because there was, even though it was trying to get sugar into me, every time I wanted something, I would eat meat. I just kept eating meat. And I mean, I was putting on, you'd want to see the dinners I was eating. I was eating a duck breast with a sirloin steak and a chicken breast in one meal. No, no veggies at the dinner time? No, I still don't. Just meat, okay. I'm getting my veggies in the morning time. Gotcha. So I'm getting them. I'm getting all the nutrients I need in the morning time. I'm feeding all of my bacteria with vegetables and plants in the morning time. And I'm getting in such a high volume of it. I'm making sure they're all looked after. And then it's Sean time. So, <laughs> so I eat then protein at lunchtime and then I eat more protein in the evening time. And I'm, I'm getting in the perfect amount of nutrients every day i'm getting it yeah. the weight i'm i'm going down i'm going down to my natural weight as in i'm right in the middle of where i should be with weight and that's not even adding exercise so when i figured all that out now that's a brand that's not new as a that new diet is new the old diet was vegetarian um i was fairly good with the vegetarian it was the sweets that had mm. at the extra weight. It was now it was all the extra sweets and the sugar. But you see, the fucking vegetarian, because of the high carbs, was triggering the sugar as well. So I right. mean sugar is sugar. 
It's, people think, ah, oh, well, it's, it's fruit. It's not, the, no, sugar is sugar. Your body goes, if you crave sugar, it's sugar. Mm. And I figured that out. I crave sugar. So I, I mean, do. Yeah, I'm a, like you, forget about it. I was hiding sweets up in the up in my bedroom. I was hiding sweets. I had loads of places to hide the sweets. So I didn't look like, you know, shameful because I was bringing out like 15 packets of fucking chips. You know, I hid the sweets. I, very briefly, I'm going to tell you what I ate because I have to go on a few minutes, right? Very briefly. Yeah, yeah. In any given week, I was eating up near a kilogram of chocolate, right? One kg of chocolate in a given week. In any given week, I was eating up to 25 to 30 packets of chips. Mm. I was eating two to 300 grams of jellies. A few ice creams throwing them in there. Uh, I never really drank. I'm very proud of this. I never really drank <laughs> Coca-Cola. I gave that up years ago. Says I, eating all the rest. But I mean... When I calculated up my sweet intake, I was eating a pound of sweets a day in weight. Wow. A pound every day. I'm very active in work and I'm a very hyperactive person, so I do burn the food. But I was eating a pound in weight. I was eating three and a half thousand calories of sweets a day, roughly. Which is fucking mental. I was mm -hmm. going to be sick later on in life. That's why I gave them up. Right. So, um, yeah, that's no, that's then the next thing. So that's the food. So mm -hmm. we are a bacterial species, right? Here's a little bit of madness. I said in the podcast, I was going to work one day and I was looking up and my brain went, I wonder, are we just bacteria having a human experience and a fox's <laughs> bacteria having a fox experience? And you know the way in Buddhism, they say if you when you're reincarnated, if you don't do too well, you come back as a lesser creature and and. I was going, I wonder then if the bacteria and the Buddhists are trying to make sure and go, look, we're really what God is and we're trying to communicate with you and they were trying to figure it out. And I went, I wonder then do lesser animals have less bacteria? And as it turns <laughs> out, they do, right? Which wow. Is, that's mental, yeah, it turns out they do. I still can't prove. I don't want to prove it because I don't think you should prove life. I think you should have the mystery of life. Hmm. And here's a little thing proving God right. There's a membrane on every cell and especially in the archaea bacteria we have and science thinks that's God. So maybe. Um, I'm not anti-God. Uh, I love the chats. So <laughs> when I figured out the food and I've really figured out the food now, the food now I know now how to eat for a person like myself who loves sweets. Eat all your carbohydrates in the morning and then just eat protein. I can't max any more than 1,800 calories a day, which is basically what my body only needs. Right. My body only needs 1,800 calories to kind of sustain itself, work the liver and organs and everything else. So I'm only eating exactly what I need. And I'm, only, and I'm not measuring it now anymore. It's just natural now. But I'm clever enough to know don't eat carbs. Now, once a month, I will have takeaway. That's 12 times a year I'll have takeaway, which means if you take three meals every day, that's 99% of the time I'm eating healthy. That's great. So I'm going to have my takeaway, I'm going to have my pizza and fries and sauces and garlic dips and 
and Coca-Cola once a month. Mm. And I do. And I love it. And I pig out. And I feel like shit afterwards. But I want to feel like <laughs> shit. You should deserve to feel like shit after eating. <laughs> um, so I do. I eat it once a month. So that's 12 times a year I get to pig out and fucking eat whatever I want. And I do that. Because I'm not... I want something I can do for life. Not right. I don't want something... I can do for a few weeks and then I lose the weight and then I put it on again and then I lose it. I want something that I can, I will always make smoothies. Now mm. the weekends, at the weekends, um, I might eat a bit more. And generally I might put up a pound come Tuesday, but it's lost again come Friday. Mm. So it's, it's up, up and pound and down a pound a week because I like to eat a little bit more at the weekend, a little bit more meat or maybe I want a bit more variety in the meat or whatever mm. I still have my smoothies every day um, the sleep and the diet if you can get them right now here's the thing about sleeping if you go to bed on time you lose more weight when mm. you stay up late at night your body thinks it's dying so it'll actually retain more fat on the basis of thinking it's fucking dying because you shouldn't be up that late at night the only thing that kept human beings up late at night is when they were being hunted. So their body was in a state of cortisol. When you're in a state of cortisol, your body will retain all fat to make sure you can survive. You can't go against human nature. So staying up late at night will actually put weight on a human being. Because that's just the way we were designed. It's just the way it was. If we were up late, that's the way it was. Um, I would talk about this forever in a day, but my wife is doing uh, yoga in, in about half an hour and I do have to go. But I'm going to say this to you. Yes. Do con- contact me because I want to go through all this with you. I want to hear it. I want to. Yeah, totally. But, um, that was that was a podcast more or less about me. So thanks very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was great. Um, no, I'm delighted you came on. And, and look, I'm definitely going to talk more about God because I do. I would talk about God all day long because I love it. I do. Mm. Genuinely. I, I talk to, we have a lad in work and he's a born again Christian. Me and him talk for hours. That's so cool. And like he, like he comes to me and he's talking to me about the Bible, knowing too well. The reason he likes talking to me is I'll ask the questions. Because mm. he has to go away and and do the research to make sure that he's coming back to me and going, well, this is why I'm, tr- I'm kind of making him a black belt of being a born again Christian. Where <laughs> he has all the moves for everyone else. Cause I'll ask the questions. So yeah, I do want to talk about God because I don't want to talk about God so that you won't believe in God. I want to hear. I love the stories. I love them. Mm. I genuinely love them. And I want to talk to you about the four week plan because I hope you do it. I, I would love to. I need to work on this. Yeah, thank you. I'm doing a deal at the moment with the four-week plan. It was free. It's definitely free now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'm going to let you go because my wife, wife, I do have to go and mind the kids. And it was great chatting to you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.